Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome back. This is episode number 228 and today we're talking about four of the biggest weight loss misconceptions that might be floating around in your head that you might be falling victim to that you don't even realize. They might be sneaking in and you haven't even caught it yet. So we're going to go over those today. But first, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are literally thousands and thousands of other podcasts out there and you're choosing to listen to this one. And I sincerely appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. The podcast continues to grow and spread, and that is all because of you. It is all because of absolutely wonderful listeners like you that I am so incredibly thankful for because you tell your friends and you share it on social media and do all those sorts of things. So thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I promise I do everything to try to give you helpful, relevant information each and every episode. And so let's get into that helpful, hopefully helpful relevant information today with four of the biggest weight loss misconceptions. Ready? Let's do it. Number one, the first big weight loss misconception is that in order to lose weight, you need to eat less. Portion control, right? Like portion control, that's a thing we see a lot. And it's like, wait a minute, is portion control good? Is that needed? Well, in a previous episode, I referred to this as part of the worst weight loss advice ever. Specifically, not portion control, but specifically the eat less part. Eat less and move more is some of the worst weight loss advice ever. It kind of goes in the same category as eat healthy or eat sensibly. I mean, have more useless words ever been uttered? It's like, what does it even mean? And who defines what is sensible or what is healthy and what's not? It's just super simplified advice for a much more complex problem. It's the kind of crap that someone who's naturally slender says to someone who's always struggled with their weight. It's like, yeah, you know, if you would just eat less, mm-hmm, then you could probably lose some weight. Well, gee, thanks, Captain Obvious. I've never tried that before. Like, I had no idea that eating too much might be contributing to my weight issues. You know, I'll hop right on that. Ugh, it drives me nuts. Probably drives you nuts as well. So here's the thing. There are two big problems with this eat less portion control weight loss myth or misconception. First is what I just described. Like eat less, it's just incredibly vague, tremendously oversimplified, and it just doesn't work. At least it usually doesn't work for long-term results. The second issue is that honestly, it's just not true. I'm not a big fan or proponent of portion control. This just pits you against yourself. It's a weight loss strategy that is predicated on willpower. Not only is willpower a very limited resource that you will probably run out of by the end of the day, and you've probably experienced that before, right? But it's also something that needs to be built and strengthened. Just like a muscle, over time, you can build and strengthen your willpower. And there's a chance that maybe right now your willpower isn't that strong, and that's okay. It's all right, but it's something that over time, you could you could work on and build, just like when you lift weights. Maybe you can't pick up a 50-pound weight. Maybe you can only pick up a 20-pound weight. But if you do that and you do it enough and you do it strategically, 
you can build your muscle, you can build your strength in the same way if you work with willpower strategically, you can build that over time. So portion control, the whole eat less mentality, eat less approach, in my opinion, it just sets you on a really challenging weight loss path. It kind of sets you up for failure. And like I said, it's it's really not needed <laughs> if you're doing things right. If you're eating high quality foods and drinking plenty of water, it's automatically regulated. You can really eat as much as you want. Now, <laughs> I can totally hear some of you. Hold on, Corey. Like, wait one minute, dude. You don't know who you're talking to. You tell me that I can eat as much as I want and whoa, Nelly, like you better watch out. There is no way that I can lose weight like that. There's no way I can lose weight eating as much as I want. I hear you. I, I hear you. I understand. And I have heard that argument before. But let me ask you something. How many times have you heard someone say, yeah, you know, I mean, I just gained all this weight by eating way too much grilled chicken, steamed broccoli, and sweet potato. I just ate way too many vegetables and way too much lean protein. And look at me now. I'm just fat, unhealthy gob of goo. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just like living in a bubble, but I've never heard that. So to wrap up misconception number one here, if you want to eat highly processed foods or foods high in sugar or dense, heavy foods that are high in fat, things that are fried or just like drenched in butter, if that's the stuff you're eating, you're eating the majority of the time, then sure, you might want to eat less. <laughs> if you want to lose weight, eating less and doing portion control is required for foods like that. But I think that's a massive uphill battle if that's your sole approach to losing weight. I prefer to change the types of foods we're eating than, and then unleash our appetite and learn the skill of like recognizing when we're full and eating until we're full. Because the truth is, you don't necessarily have to eat less to lose weight. It's not an issue of volume. It's more of an issue of density. If you're eating calorie-dense foods, then portion control isn't, is needed. Yes, absolutely. But if you're eating nutrient-dense, calorie-sparse foods, foods that are rich in nutrients, rich in protein and vitamins and minerals and all these wonderful things and fiber, if you're eating nutrient-dense foods and calorie-sparse, those same foods that are rich in nutrients are sparse and lower in calories, well, then there's no need to eat less. And trying to do so might even work against you. Okay, so that's misconception number one. Next up, big weight loss misconception number two, muscle weighs more than fat. <laughs> now, okay, this one kind of makes me laugh. Maybe people understand what they really mean when they say this and they're just choosing the wrong words, but I'm worried that's not the case because if you Google how big is one pound of muscle, which is a legitimate question, you know what else will pop up as a Google suggestion? How much does one pound of muscle weigh? Mm, okay, so my goodness. Um, <laughs> it seems some folks aren't taking the time to really think through things or maybe they just fell asleep in science class. So let's Take a few moments right now to clear things up, okay? Right here, right now. What weighs more, one pound of muscle or one pound of fat? Now, the answer may jump out and seem really obvious to you, and your obvious answer might be right or it might be completely wrong. I've asked this question so many times when discussing this topic, and I'm always amazed at how many people instantly say, 
Oh, one pound of muscle. One pound of muscle weighs more than one pound of fat. Really? Are you, are you sure? You want to think about that one a little more? And if, if that's your response, it's okay. I'm not making fun of you. I just ask you to hang with me, okay? Let me explain this, and let's, 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 let's bring it all together. So let me ask again with a little inflection. What weighs more, one pound of muscle or one pound of fat? Let's, let's forget the muscle and fat. What weighs more, one pound of sand or one pound of water? <laughs> I mean, do you see where we're headed here? One pound of muscle versus one pound of fat. Obviously, they both weigh the same. They both weigh one pound. What people are trying to say is that the density is different. One pound of fat takes up more space than one pound of muscle. A pound of fat occupies about 494 cubic centimeters. It's about the size of a, of a medium grapefruit. Now, one pound of muscle, on the other hand, is about the size of a tangerine or a small orange. So you can obviously see the size difference. So again, just to be clear, we're talking about equal weight, one pound of fat and one pound of muscle. The muscle is smaller than the fat because it's much more dense. So if someone has 40 pounds of extra fat on their frame, it's going to take up a lot more space, and that person will take up a lot more space. Versus if someone has 40 pounds of extra muscle on their body, then they're going to not only take up less space, but they'll also have a more dense, tight, toned appearance. It's just basic science. Now, I'm not sure if, if this is incredibly helpful when it comes to losing weight. This isn't like a practical weight loss tip, but I, I just had to clear it up because it's a fairly common misconception. It's something that I'll hear somewhat regularly. So let's stop thinking of muscle and fat in terms of weight and start thinking of them in terms of density and volume or space. Muscle takes up less space than fat, almost half as much space. So if someone gains a decent bit of muscle and loses a decent bit of fat, their weight on the scales may not change that much, but they will look incredibly different. Gain 8 pounds of muscle, lose 12 pounds of fat, and when you step on the scales, you're so confused because it says you've only lost 4 pounds, but you just don't get it because you see tremendous changes in the mirror and in the way your clothes fit. Yeah, exactly, because you've had a 20-pound swing in the right direction. You gained 8 pounds of muscle, lost 12 pounds of fat. That's a 20-pound swing in the direction that you want to go. You've gained 8 dense, tight pounds and lost 12 jiggly, loose, bigger pounds. <laughs> Hopefully, that makes sense and helps to clear, that, clear up that misconception a bit. Next up, number three, try harder and stay motivated. I just need to try harder. I'll do better next time. I've got to get really motivated this week. I've just got to stay motivated. That's the trick for me. Most people have said one or all of these things to themselves, and here's the kicker. Not only does it not work for you, it actually works against you. It kind of sabotages you. Look, here's the thing. If trying harder worked, don't you think it would have worked by now? <laughs> think about it. If you've been, like, like you have been trying hard, you're not intentionally screwing yourself up, right? You're trying hard. You're trying to stay motivated. You can try as hard as you want, diet after diet, starting over fresh again and again. And the more you just keep trying harder but not succeeding, 
the more you are ingraining failure. Deep down, your brain is basically saying, hmm, it doesn't matter how hard we try. This just isn't going to happen. And so that gets ingrained. So what's the deal here? Like, why do we do this? We, we keep going back to trying harder and staying motivated. And why? Well, I think there's a few reasons. Number one, it's the only solution we've ever known. Like, oh, I got to try harder. Oh, I got to stay motivated. It's the only thing we've ever known. Number two, it's quick and it doesn't take much thought. Like thinking is a lot harder than just saying, oh, I'm going to try harder. It's easier to say that than it is to, to stop and like think through, why, why do I need to try harder? Like what's, what's underneath all of this? And then the third reason is that it trying harder or pushing yourself harder or staying motivated, it feels like the right thing, doesn't it? I mean, it feels admirable and honorable. It's like, I'm not going to make any excuses. I take full responsibility. I just need to try harder. I, I have to stay motivated. It's all on me. I totally get it. On the surface, it seems honorable or and admirable, but that doesn't change the fact that it very rarely works. And if or when it does work, it's usually only for one week. And then we're back to trying to exert superhuman willpower again and again and again. And week after week, we just got to try harder and we just got to muster up our motivation. And every week, maybe every day, we're stuck just trying harder, trying to summon massive amounts of willpower. And like I said earlier, willpower is a limited resource. We can't bank on that. So what's the solution? I believe the solution is to find ways to make it easier. <laughs> Think of this like picking up a big rock. I've used this analogy on the podcast before. If there's a really large rock or stone that you want to move, you can just keep trying and trying, grunting and straining day after day, week after week, month after month. But that's just kind of dumb, isn't it? I mean, if you can't pick it up, you can't pick it up. And you may say, well, maybe one day I'll be strong enough. Okay, well, I hear you, but if you just keep going to, and you just keep trying, well, there's a bigger chance that you could maybe hurt yourself than actually pick it up. So we can do that, or we can stop, look at that rock, and we can find a way to make it easier. We can invite a friend to help us, maybe create some sort of a, a lever system or maybe rent some heavy equipment or at the very least put straps around the rock and hook it to your lawnmower or tractor and drag it across your yard, whatever. <laughs> My point is there are a ton of different ways that you can make things easier if you'll stop trying harder and start asking the right questions. So when it comes to losing weight, the next time you feel like saying, or maybe just you're thinking, oh, I've got to try harder. I just need to stay motivated. Stop. Stop yourself. And instead say, wait a minute. I want to try smarter. So how can I make this easier? And I promise if you do that, you'll be amazed at how this can really change things for you. Okay, next up. Our fourth and final weight loss misconception, and I believe I've saved the best for last. Like this one, in my opinion, is the most powerful of the bunch. I fell off the wagon. <laughs> Wait a minute, Corey. That's, that's not a weight loss misconception. That's what happens. I, I try to do a diet, and then I fall off the wagon. So hold on. Just think about this with me, okay? Go on this little journey. Think about it. We use such fatal, like, 
violent terms when it comes to our weight loss struggles. I fell off the wagon. I fell off the wagon and got run over by the struggle bus. Things were going great until the end of the day. Then I got home. I was stressed. I was hungry. I hadn't planned for dinner. My husband or my wife said, hey, let's just grab a pizza. And that was it. Half the pizza, three glasses of wine, and two brownies later, I felt terrible. Things were great until then, and then that just totally derailed me. Fell off the wagon. Run over by the struggle bus. Derailed. Guys, falling off a wagon is painful. (laughs) I mean, it could really injure you. Getting run over by a bus will probably kill you. And derail? Oh, it derailed me. Do you know what happens when a train derails? <laughs> In his book, Finish, John Acuff does a great job of des- describing this and really kind of laying this out. He writes, we compare our lack of progress to a train crash. I couldn't get back on track. My plans got derailed. A train derailment is a significant, serious accident. In many cases, people die. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage occurs, and fixing it takes days, if not weeks. Do you know what doesn't happen when you miss a day of your goal? Any of those things. No one dies. It doesn't require $400,000 to get back on track, and writing things doesn't take four weeks. My friends, (laughs) weight loss is not a train. But unfortunately, that's how we typically view the process, isn't it? Once you commit, once you get on, once you get on that diet, once you get on that program, once you start that weight loss challenge, you're on. That's it. And if it derails, it's a disaster. Losing weight and truly changing your life is not like that. It's not a train. It's much more like carving a path through the woods, through a forest. There's a general correct direction, but there are no rails and no disastrous derailings or falling off or getting run over. Whenever you choose to truly change your life, which, whether you realize it or not, that's what changing your body is, changing your life and your lifestyle. There's no other way to do it. Whenever you do this, you're carving a new path. You're stepping off of the established path that you've so often traveled, and you're intentionally choosing a different path a different direction that will ultimately lead to a different destination. And let's be honest, you know where your current path leads, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you've never really thought about it, but maybe you should. Life doesn't just magically change. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're probably going to keep getting what you've always gotten. Your current life and your current set of lifestyle habits will lead to something. And if you stop and really think about it, you might not like that something. You might not like the future that it's leading to. The life that we want, the body that we want, it usually doesn't just pop up out of nowhere like a total surprise. If we want to move our body and our life in a positive direction, we must consciously, intentionally choose that direction. We must step off our normal path and choose a different path. And when we do that, it will sometimes feel uncomfortable. It will take work. It might be messy. You might feel lost at times. But it's also really exciting. And it's forgiving because there's no wagon to fall off of and you're not on a train that's going to derail. You're forging your own path. You're forging a new path to a new destination. And there will be twists and turns and struggles and successes. But as long as you're moving in the right overall direction, then guess what? You're making progress. And that's 
pretty dang cool and exciting, <laughs> if you ask me. So, let's bring this all together. Let's do a quick review. Big weight loss misconception number one. You don't have to eat less and practice strict portion control in order to lose weight. It's not an issue of volume, not the volume of stuff that you eat. It's more of an issue of density. If you're eating calorie-dense foods, then portion control, yes, it's needed. If you're eating nutrient-dense, calorie-sparse foods, then there's no need to eat less. And trying to do so might even work against you. Number two, muscle doesn't necessarily weigh more or less than fat. Let's stop thinking of muscle and fat in terms of weight and start thinking of them in terms of density and volume or space. Muscle takes up less space than fat, almost half as much space. Number three, stop trying harder. <laughs> when it comes to losing weight, the next time you feel like saying or thinking, oh, I've just got to try harder and I need to stay motivated, stop yourself, hit the pause button, and instead say, wait a minute, I want to try smarter. So how can I make this easier? And then lastly, number four, weight loss is not a train you don't fall off or derail. Or if you do think in those terms, it's really going to work against you. Instead, losing weight is like carving a new path for yourself through a forest. It might take some work and some courage, but it's a fun adventure that leads to a new destination. It leads to a new you. I hope this has been helpful. And I hope that you'll share this episode with someone who might benefit or enjoy it. And I hope one more thing. I hope that you know that there is so much more to you than what you weigh, so don't let the scales dictate your headspace or dominate your emotions. And losing weight's incredible. I love helping people do it, but losing weight is really all about gaining life and living the life you want to live, like carving that new path to your new destination, right? That's what losing weight's all about. And I know you can do it. I believe in you 100%. If you don't believe, that's okay. It's okay. You can borrow my belief. You keep coming back. I'll keep working on you, and I'll do my absolute best to help you get there. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.